Sports Entertained is recorded live at twitch.tv slash baldyandthebeast. Come check us out every Tuesday and Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and watch the matches right along with us. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Bront. I'm Willem, and this is Take Two. We are Baldy and the Beast. Uh, this is Sports Entertained, and tonight we're going to be reviewing Bad Blood in Your House from 1997. I'm pretty excited about this one. I guess I should say we're not doing the whole pay-per-view. We're doing a specific match. I'm a schmuck. Yeah. We're doing Sean Taker in Hell in a Cell. Learn how your own show works, bro. Yeah. I'm so excited. I literally forgot to type the match, and I just wrote the pay-per-view. Right. So, anyways, it happened October 5th of 1997 at the Kiel Center in St. Louis. This night is known for more than just the Hell in the Cell. Uh, you also have this as Vince's last pay-per-view as a commentator. So, I mean, if you like Vince on commentary, it's not yeah. yelling at the people over the headset. So, I like him better on commentary. Yeah. But this is also known for Pillman's death. This is the day they found out Pillman had passed away. Yep. Uh, he was supposed to be on this show, but obviously wasn't. Uh, but... Leading up to the Hell in the Cell thing, this show is obviously most known for. This is actually a number one contenders match. And this is to set up a title match with Bret Hart, the current champion, at Survivor Series. And yes, it's that Survivor Series. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that this was a number one contenders going into it. I guess it makes sense, though, given what pay-per-view is next. Yeah. So I had actually forgotten that the next pay-per-view was that Survivor Series. So I was redoing my research, and I was like, I'd completely forgotten about that. Yeah, we're going to try not to mention it, though, because everybody else talks about it. This um, So all this, this match comes from uh, a SummerSlam match. Uh, Sean was the guest ref, and it was Taker versus Brett. Yep. Uh, so Sean cost Taker the match. He tried to hit Brett with a chair, missed, hit Taker, and that led to Brett winning the match. So... They had fight at In Your House Ground Zero, but that ended in a double DQ. Mm-hmm. Um, darn the 90s and their DQs all the time. Yeah, that's about how it went, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so that's how this match led to. But also going on at this time on Raw, uh, you had uh, the storyline where Taker had burned Paul Bearer in the face with a fireball. Ooh. And... Bearer was comparing this to the fire that he claims Undertaker set, by the way, that burned down the Undertaker's family's funeral parlor mm-hmm. where his parents and brother died, supposedly. Yeah. Um, that's what he had believed all the way up to this point. Uh, and then Bearer's now claiming that his brother Kane has been alive the whole time and that Paul Bearer has been raising him, which when you really think about it is weird because Paul Bearer was managing Taker for years and never thought to mention that he had been raising his brother and he was alive and also why but, would, why wouldn't taker like notice like i like if you're raising it if you're raising his brother why wouldn't and at the same time managing him why wouldn't he notice how could he not see this this uh possibly fictional third person ask vince russo yeah i know <laughs> that's my best answer ask vince russo yeah so, I mean, this is a pretty meaty match. I didn't want to talk too long beforehand. Uh, let's get into this. This is going to be a really, really good one. Yep. 
There is a tag for this on WWE Network. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're just going to wing it, it starts at 209.42. And we'll get into that. 209.42. Correct. Okay. I'm a little behind. I'm at 34, so let me go ahead a couple seconds. Oh. I guess you're tagged. no, my my tag was the same, but I like let it run for a second, oh, okay. and I didn't know when it actually started up. Okay, yep, two oh nine four two. Okay, so I am there. All right, in three, two, one. See, we got our boy Slaughter heading out of the ring. He actually wasn't bad at that. Yeah. I don't know, man. I've gotten rose-colored glasses, but I remember his stuff with the X being good. Yeah. I I was not watching at this time. This was after, or this was before my time when I was really into it, and I never really went back to watch much Attitude Air stuff. So. I was super young at the time, but I remember watching like my dad watched. Obviously, it was the '90s. Yeah. But my dad watched, and I remember watching with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I remember, like, you know, my mom wasn't the biggest fan of me watching it being, like, four years old, but... Right. Yeah, I would have been five at the time of this. So, yeah, I... Yeah. I was definitely not... Well, and, like, there were other kids at school that were watching at this time. I just... I had no... Well, everybody was watching. Right. And in case you forgot, Rick Rude was a part of DX. There's your proof. Yep. He actually set, I don't know if he set a record, but it was at least a wrestling record. He was on the same uh, Monday night, both WCW and Raw. Oh, I didn't know Because, that. yeah, he was on two shows at the same time because WWF was taped at the time uh-huh. and WCW was live. So uh, they, had oh, him, yeah. they had him come on and he was on both shows at the same time. Yep. Oh, oh, I'm buffering a little bit. I'm buffering. Oh, I'm buffering. Okay, I paused. Okay, I'm good. 2.11.30. So I'm like two seconds behind you. Okay, let me know when you're there. Uh, 38. 39. Oh. 40. 41. 44. 45. Okay, we're even. Okay. Luckily, I didn't realize you were had gone past me. Yeah. But by the time you started counting, you were ten seconds ahead of me, and WWE Network has that very convenient skip ahead ten second thing. Oh. And then we were right on the money. Well, so, there you go. Good job on that one. Yep. That worked out super well. The network did get something good for once. Not that I want to talk shit on New Japan, but the network's better than New Japan World. It is. It is a lot better than New Japan World. <laughs> I haven't... I haven't honestly kept up my subscription to New Japan World. I have to fuck with my camera because I'm just a little low. Just a little bit low. Just a little bit low. Come on. Come on, just a little Yeah, bit. I love New Japan, mm-hmm. but I kind of had to choose between buying AEW pay-per-views and... Getting New Japan. Yeah. Ooh, and down comes the cell. But maybe, just maybe, Willem, one day, 
will be able to afford all three. I mean, I can afford all three, but I don't know about you. I mean, I could afford all three too, but <laughs> maybe one, maybe one day, maybe someday in the future, <laughs> uh, the internet will be paying us to afford all three. Oh my god, that would be great. Yeah. Look at well, that Tron. Let's not dwell on that. I missed the Tron. The Tron. It was the actual like stadium, like Ooh. basketball. Tron, you ever been in a basketball yeah. arena before? Yeah. What it was that? They don't have a Tron for this show. I feel like at the time they didn't really have a Tron. Like this was, I think, before the Titan Tron. When did the Titan Tron debut? Uh, I thought it was around ninety-seven. That is a fun piece of trivia you should look up there, research man. Not on my phone right now. Yeah. Don't call me research. How am I supposed to know we were going to talk about the Titan Tron? Came out in 97. 97. Yeah, it would have been around this time. Yeah, I guess they just weren't carting it around to shows. Yeah, this is late 97. And this was in your house, so this was seen as like a more more like, like a B was, show. Yeah, yeah. I guess they wouldn't cart it around for like the B shows because even like even nowadays, can you imagine carting around the fucking Titantron? I wish they wouldn't. I wish they just get fucking separate sets. Yeah. I'm sorry, but the the one thing looking back at old pay-per-views makes me miss the most is distinct pay-per-view sets. Yeah. And I understand it's a business and shit costs money, and I get it. Well, I mean, but... even, like, carting the Titan Tron around between Raw and SmackDown. I mean, nowadays they're not costing anything because they're just doing it at the PC, and then they're going to be doing it at the Amway Center. But, like, can you just imagine the logistics of carting the Titan Tron around between, like, city to city for yeah. two shows a week. Sean does a great job selling, by the way. Yeah, he does. And this was, He's a little spooked. This was uh, peak, like, shithead Sean right here. Oh, absolute shithead to work with. Yep, not gonna lie. Yep. But you know what? When he got between those ropes, he was better than anybody else in the company. Yep. Might have been better than anybody else in the world. Yep. So, I mean, like, I understand Vince's thinking behind it. Like, you're not going to get anybody better. Yeah, he's a pain in the ass, but right, he's a pain in the ass. It's going to make you lots of ducats. Yeah. Although, honestly, like, so going back to the year before this where they had the um, the curtain call and stuff like that, the big, the big like, thing around it, the reason that they had to punish uh, – Oh, I'm buffering again. I'm buffering. God, this is going to be All long right. if I'm going to keep on buffering. Um, I need to text Katie to have her stop doing things. <laughs> um, 2.16.27 is where I'm at. Okay, but, uh, where are you at now? 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35. 
Six. We're even. Okay. Sean cowering. There's there the bell. Taker. Yep. Taker just following him around the ring, chasing him around. Oh, the boot. Yeah, he sold Ooh. the hell out of that one. That was good looking. Yep. Again, like I was saying, that's that's just Sean though. Yeah. He, he was just that damn good. Yep. Well, no, what I was saying was, um, like at the time of the curtain call, like, um, they had to punish Triple H because like Hall and Nash were gone and Sean was the champion. Well, why couldn't you punish Sean even though he was the champion? I don't understand why you couldn't. Because Vince wasn't ever going to punish Sean. Because if you punish Sean, then you got to deal with Sean being punished. And Sean's reaction to that. I get it completely. Yeah, yeah. You want to tell shithead Sean Michaels that he's being punished while he's the champion? No. No, I think I'm good on that. I think I get it now. I think I understand. And, anyways, like, looking back on it, that couldn't have worked out any better for them. Right. Instead of putting Triple H over huge oh, yeah, gonna win a... king of the ring that year yep they like austin, austin got that push place. instead and then Ash, that when he won king of the ring is when he did the 316 promo yep so that, if triple h doesn't yeah. get suspended if triple h doesn't get suspended there may have been no 316 promo yep so i'm glad he got suspended yeah <laughs> that was a hell of a whip but by this time he's back in the good graces vince yeah. is letting him do dx like Man, Taker looks like he's putting some stank on these moves. Jesus. Yep. Sean probably pissed him off before the show. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> God dang. I mean, because I remember, like, I've heard the story that, like, um... Sean was about to not do the job for somebody, and then, like, as he was walking back, like, you saw Taker just taping up his wrists. I think that, that was, was the Sean's last WrestleMania. I don't think he was threatening oh, yeah. not to do the job, but Taker was taping up his fist just in case he didn't do the job. Yeah, because he didn't want to put Austin over. Mm hmm. Yep. Because Sean never wanted. To, I'm so, no offense. Like, I, I understand he was a little better, not much when he came back, but a little better. Yeah. But he didn't want to lose titles. Sean no. never lost titles. No. Sean lost his smile. Sean yeah. didn't lose titles. Yeah. Um. So is it just me, or is Sean, like, doing kind of like a, like a, like a, a prequel to uh, Sean Hogan at SummerSlam 2005 with some of these bumps? Feels like he's overdoing it just like a smidge, except he's doing it to make I guess Taker he's do- look like a monster and not yeah. to be an asshole. Not to be an asshole to Hogan. By the way, I do want to watch Sean Hogan at SummerSlam because <laughs> that may be the best fucking comedy match, yeah. the unintentional comedy match of all time. Yeah. Um. So when I was a kid, I didn't understand like, like I I understand that wrestling was staged. Um that it's a uh, like it's all predetermined as a child and um <laughs> what i didn't under like when i saw that match it didn't like occur to me in my head that sean was being a shithead it was just me stupid little kid brain being like oh wow hulk Hogan's real fucking strong <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess that's why he was so big in the 80s. Mm-hmm. LOL. That's no, great. Yeah. That wasn't the funnest bump I've ever seen. No, he looks like he landed on something. Onto a rose, too. Yeesh. Well, there's like some liquid on the ground and shit, too. How the hell did that rose get in there? Some, like, granny in the crowd just, like, run up and boop it through the side through of the cage. Through it, Sean. I don't know. Sean had his sexy boy gimmick at That's this true. point. So, might have been a lady friend. Lady friend. Or somebody that wanted to be a lady friend. Yeah. You better be careful, Taker. You're about to show some of that Shawn Michaels little booty. I think he did. I think technically those are his undies. I think his tights are down. Uh, well, they are, but yeah, like he was just a little bit higher. <laughs> I love how Jr. always called that out. Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, we get it, guys. Wrestling is predetermined, but it still hurts when you fall." Yeah. One thing I will say about Taker at this time is that sometimes he's got, like, a really doofy look on his face when he doesn't know the camera's on him. Yeah. Also, I don't quite get the teardrop thing on his face. Like, was that supposed to be a tattoo, or is he just, like, I don't know. Because I understand that, like, getting a teardrop is supposed to mean you killed a man. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't like it. Really? Because it doesn't, you're right, it doesn't look like a tattoo. Yeah. Well, and also, it's like, Obviously not a tattoo. It's obviously not a tattoo. It looks like it's supposed to be. But at this, like, from this angle, it looks like a really shitty mole. <laughs> it kind of does. You're right. Yeah. And now you can't unsee it. Nope. There you go. You. There, How many wrestling things are you going to fuck up for me? There's, there's my one per stream. <laughs> the one per stream. Yeah. You try and tell me Taker couldn't get Sean up for a powerbomb. Yeah, I know, right? Sean could have gotten, or Taker could have gotten Sean up for a powerbomb against his will. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to argue realism in wrestling because, yeah. you know, it's wrestling. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. See, it would have been the rumble after this that Michaels went out because he injured his back. In the casket match. I think that was at yeah. the Rumble, yeah. Versus Taker. Yep. And if I remember right, that wasn't even, like, a stiff bump. It was just, like, he hit it just a little bit wrong. Yeah, he just hit it weird. Yeah. Which sucks. But was probably ultimately really good for Sean. Yeah, because he came back a lot, like, a lot better as a person. Yeah. Not... You could arguably say that he was better in the ring when he came back, too. Like, because that's when he had, like, the biggest part of his career. Well, not maybe not the biggest, but it's like, that's when he had some of the best matches in his career and the most memorable ones. Make the point that maybe his mind wasn't on wrestling this at this point, which is why he wasn't as good. Yeah. But I, that, I disagree with that after I thought about it for a minute. Because he was a part of the clique. And the whole reason they were friends in the first place is because they were all obsessed with wrestling. Yeah. And I, there's no way that's true. Because, like, 
everybody in that group is famously obsessed with wrestling. Yep. Which is why they're all still doing it in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, I'm... I'm impressed. Well, I think Kevin Nash, like, last year, he... He had to go get, like, both knees done or something like that because he was still going. Yeah, he's not working a lot, though. I know no. I've looked into him a little bit. He's working, like, sparsely, but... Yeah. I think... I definitely think Kevin Nash is one of the most interesting people in, like, in he the history of the He talks really games. well. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, gotta break that nose. Oh, and then he like jammed his ribs into the chip into the stairs. Yeah. Hell cell, and I can tell you. God, Vince on that call. And I can <laughs> tell you. Oh, here comes the comeback. Sean going to get his kicks in. Yep. Got to take it to him in the heck in a sec. The heck in a sec. Signs. Signs another thing we don't have a lot of nowadays. Signs. Yeah, and that's why people bring signs. Yeah. And I I think I kinda know why that is. Hmm. Signs were the hashtags of nineteen ninety seven. Uh yeah. The two things that are the two things that are definitely like um the things that I miss from this era are signs and uh the flash photography. Flash photography. Yup. Those are the 100%. two things those are the two things fr- from wrestling at this time. That I that I miss. Most of the other things can go. I I have no attachment. Like I'm not nostalgic much for this time. Like the wrestling wasn't as good. The wrestling is arguably better now than it ever has been. Um, but I do miss the signs and I miss the flash photography because it makes everything look so much night. Like it makes when somebody hits a big move, it makes it pop that much more. Yeah. Like, would every Hardy would that would Hardy still be jumping off ladders if that first one wasn't so cool? Yeah, that had to hurt Sean almost as much, if not more, than it hurt Taker. Yeah, that that yeah. kind of that one kind of reminded me of the uh, the one suplex onto the ladder from the last match we watched. Yeah. Now he's gonna do a Mick Foley bump. Yep. You gonna get him? Got that diving clothesline. Oh, he's gone for the, ch- the, the... I keep trying to call him a chair. It's fucking stairs. He's going for the stairs. He's going to smack him with them stairs that probably weigh six pounds. You know what would make this match way better, Willem? Hmm. If it was a stairs match, because that's what the people really want to see. That's what people want to see? Throws shade at tables, ladders, chairs, and stairs. 
<laughs> Why did they think that was a good idea? Yeah. I mean, arguably, like, a chairs match is still fucking awful. Yeah, I don't like a chairs match. Just do an ODQ and only have them use chairs. Right. <laughs> well, I think, like, there's only been one, like, solid chairs match in history, and I don't remember what it is now. I remember seeing one, I was like, that wasn't terrible, and I I don't remember what it was. I think it might like, have been I, uh, Baron Corbin and Kalisto. I like, like, gimmicks. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Oh, here comes the power. Oh, God. Power driver on the stairs. But some gimmicks just aren't good. Yeah. And, like, a ladders match on its own is fine. A chairs or a table, a table match ball. on its own is fine. Because... Those both end with, like, either grabbing a belt or somebody going through a table. Yeah. But just doing a chairs match, what's, like, there's no guaranteed pop at the end to make it more nostalgic. Right. A uh, a tables match, like, a tables match is very interesting to watch because there's always the will they, won't they go through the table. And then when they do, like, it's a big spot to finish the match. Yep. And it's always very impactful and it makes it, oh. Oh, we lost the camera there for a second. That wasn't on me. That was me for a second because I was bumping my computer with my foot. No, that and I was, was like, "What did I do? What did I do?" Yeah. No, that's just that was just the pay per view. That's how Can it you went. Imagine how much like people would flip shit if that happened nowadays. Oh my god. Well, because it happened at um, Slammiversary. Like it, it went yeah. off the air for a couple seconds couple minutes couple minutes yeah and then there was the thing that we thought was on fire and then it turned out it was just smoke i so, swear that it looked like it was on fire i mean it did but no there was no urgency and there was nobody there to like put it out so i'm sure it was just a smoke machine turned the wrong way somebody's gonna go back and rewatch Slammiversary yeah. now to see what we were talking about what are you talking it's near the end of the show. I think it's the last match or two. It's on the right. It's a little... It, I it, swear to I, God, it looks like it's on fire. I started noticing it during the uh, the Jordan grace Deanna Parazzo match. Oof. <laughs> King, let's start it this way. Let's end it. You think this match is ending now? <laughs> I got half an hour left in this pay-per-view. What the hell are you talking about? You have half an hour left in your pay-per-view? No. I'm, oh, I was, was going to say. No, I was just... <laughs> I looked and I was like, I don't have that long left. <laughs> no, I was just throwing a number out there. I didn't know how much time was actually left. 19 minutes. That's a cool spot. They should do more in Hell in the Cell matches because you can't just normally whip shit at yeah. the crowd. But you can whip a chair if there's a cell. Yep. I've never noticed that spot. Like, I, it's not even a spot. I've never noticed that little Sean detail. do that before when I watch this match. Yeah. That's a cool detail. Yep. Just throw, not like kendo sticks because there is a chance if you throw the kendo stick, just <laughs> right, it can go through. But. Like yeah, a chair. If, if you if you throw a kendo stick at that cage and you manage to get it through one of the holes, you better go buy yourself a damn lottery ticket. 
Nah, you've already used up all your yeah, luck. Yeah, you, you used up all your luck for the day. <laughs> it's it's dead. Like you you throw it in Mesa and it's like, damn, I was gonna buy a lottery ticket today. Damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Oh shoot. I never liked these spots. Tying them up in the rope, it always looks so flimsy. Because it is flimsy. Because it's very easy yeah. to get Yeah. Except for, I you don't know, like it, but it's an effective rest spot. I understand it. Yeah. I mean, unless you're Dominic Mysterio. Then you get flayed alive. Poor guy. Yeah. Oh. You gotta pay your, I understand you gotta pay your dues somehow, but I don't think that's the somehow. Yeah. Got that big boot. He's gonna get another one. Oh, he hit the cameraman. Oh, he took out the cameraman. Oh, God. He legit took him out. Yep. Oh, and he punched out the cameraman. I bet that was a job guy. That was 100% a job guy. Yeah. He stepped on the camera. Yeah. You know that's not today's cameras, because Vince would flip a lid. Those cameras are so expensive. Yeah. I think when they bought them, I want to say they said they were a million dollars. Now, Vince is a carny. Vince is a carny. So there's every chance Vince said that they were a million dollars and they were really like $17.50. I don't know. <laughs> but Oh, is this how they I, get out of the cell? Is he going to throw him out of the cell? <laughs> oh, jeez, that guy's down. That guy's, that guy's ref selling right there. Jesus. Yep. Because he's probably a job guy and he knows. Right. Take like, I want to work for the dub again. Sean, you have had shit on your back the entire match. I'm going to need you to get it off. <laughs> yep, that's how they get him out of the cage. They open up the cage so they can get the... See, I know how this works. I know how productions work. Okay, but they did this stuff back then, and it worked. And it was yeah. good. Yeah. And I don't know why they're not doing stuff like this. I don't know. I don't. Oh, with the kip up. Oh, what's he doing? Is he going to go for the elbow? Oh. Slaughter coming out to help, coming out to open up the cage. Hebner has no idea what to do. Sean did throw a nice elbow. Yeah, he did. Is he going to do the Macho Man spot, the five elbows? God, what match was that? That was... Was that Macho Man uh, Warrior? I think it was Warrior. I'm not 100% sure. But it would only make sense for somebody. And did Warrior, like, kick out of it? Probably. Hell, I don't know. Tuning up the band. Hit that sweet chin music. There it is. I am a little sad that, um... Oh! Oh, damn. No what? soul to sweet chin music. Yep. Well, what I was gonna say... It's almost like it's 2020. Yep. What I was gonna say is that I'm a little, uh, sad that 
um, in 2020, the super kick has kind of gone the way of the DDT in that it used to be like the end of the match and then like I I, I, I understand I get it I just it's a it's a I think that was it's a very he didn't have time to blade there though no that Did much, he? that had to be a hard way either that or he just like as he was falling he was like I don't think he had time to blade there they never looked away from him. Oh, he's bleeding a lot. That had to be hard way. No, that, that was a blade. You see him, like, slip his... Hard way? No, that was a blade. Um, you could see him, like, slip it into his tights. But he, like, did it in a really bad spot, though. Or he, he he had to have bladed like before he went up like before they did the slingshot into it because he started it and then him hitting the cage is what like started the bleeding. What you were saying about the the super kick though, I totally like it. It makes a lot of sense as a more transitional like during the match type of move. Yeah. Like, like these days with the way that moves are are more impactful, I can understand why. I just, I've always liked the super kick as a finisher, so yeah. I, it's a little disappointing for me to just see it be a transitional move. But it makes sense in the um, in the scope of how much more impactful wrestling it like moves are nowadays. Yeah, and it also <laughs> like, um. So, my thinking is, in the same vein that every form of combat evolves, um, when a move becomes impactful and it becomes able to finish matches and stuff like that, people are naturally going to train against it. So, yeah, when people see that DDTs are ending matches, they're going to be like, okay, I got to train my neck. I got to make sure that a DDT is not going to take me out when I get dropped on my head. Yeah, I gotta make sure that a super kick isn't gonna take me out, so I gotta train against super kicks, and that's why more and more people are doing those, and that's why more people are doing DDTs. And yeah, but also wrestling cyclical, right. and stuff comes back around. Like the DDT was transitional for how long, and now it's Mox's finisher. Yeah, and then somebody else will use it, and somebody else, and then it'll cycle back around. Yeah, and twenty years super kicks will be. Somebody's finisher, yeah, maybe. You would think. Somebody finds out how to do a, a double-legged super kick. They, like, jump up and land on one hand and... <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Boy, I bet this was scary. I bet this was even I... scarier after the Mankind match. Yup. God, I... I guarantee they tested that before they started the match. Why Sean did the bump too? Yep. <laughs> He's a lot littler. Yep. Well, um, have you ever watched the um, uh, Mick Foley Twenty Years of Hell special? I think so. Because I remember him talking about there was a oh, and he goes to the table. God damn. I don't know why I expected any different. Um, 
but I remember him talking about like there was a spot in their Hell in a Cell match where he like tried to get Taker up to do a suplex on top of the cage, and Taker was like, "Nope." Like he got him up, and then he imme- he immediately vetoed that. Yeah. That he's bleeding a puddle on the ground. Jesus. Yep. I wonder if he agitated on purpose. Yeah. Because I don't think he was bleeding that on top of that bad on top of the cell. Oh, he was not. He had something caught in his feet, and that's why he was kicking his feet that weird way. With the French announcers. God, look at all that blood. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it also, like, it looks like it's a lot more at this time because it's in standard definition, so all you see is wet. You don't see red. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Wrestling should go back to being shot in standard def. Yep. He says jokingly. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed this at all, but this, again, is one of the stupid little things that I notice. Um, There's a really, like, on the left-hand side of the screen, there's, like, a little border around everything. Like, just on the left-hand side. You have to wait till the the picture-in-picture goes away. It might just be... Yeah, it's still there. Left... Oh, it went away. Um, I, I, I... Just a little video production thing that I'm thinking it was probably just like a little mask so that when they do the picture in picture it's just easier to shrink it down and then it goes back to full screen and the last time yeah. they, did, they just didn't go all the way back full screen with it why could they possibly be locking this cage again Willem I'm completely confused could there be somebody that's going to rip the door off the cage I Who don't know knows? Are they trying to keep someone out of the cage? I don't know. Fucking smarks. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Was that us? Are we the smarks? Yeah. The answer is yes. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Oh, top rope choke slam. At least it was not a top rope super kick. A la Sid Vicious. Yeah. Well, that was top rope big boot. That wasn't even a super kick. That wasn't full extension. Can you imagine trying to do a top rope super kick? You would rip your, your whole your leg. It would just be gone. Your leg would not <laughs> exist anymore. It would be gone. You would tear your groin in like 16 <laughs> places. On Like... The other leg, like, when you land, your foot gets broken off because you hit somebody so hard that you break your damn foot. And then I, like, oh, oh damn, unprotected chair oh. shot. That looked rough. Oh. Here we go. Here he comes. Come out. I love I love old Kane's entrance theme. Yep, and Kane was just a brick 
fucking shit house at this yep. point in time. Ooh. Look at that beef. Yep. Look at that beef. Look at that. Oh, he ripped the door right off the hinges. Oh, you destroyed Earl Hebner. Okay, that made this super extra cool. Yeah. But if he had failed, oh, yeah. this would have gone <laughs> the way of... The Shockmaster. The Shockmaster, This could have been 100%. Shockmaster 2.0. Could you imagine if he had failed? Yeah. Oh, we'd be watching this match for a completely different reason. Yep. At this point, he had lifts on his shoes, so he's taller than Taker, too, which makes him look even... Yep, looks more like, imposing. Yep. Oh, uh, here comes the pyro. Here it comes. First use of that. Oh, uh, he almost didn't get him up for the tombstone. He found his way. Yeah. I think tombstones look way more effective on dudes with long hair. Yeah. Just because their hair almost touches the mat. Yeah. I, I I don't know why. It's just a little detail I enjoy. Yeah. Now, I will say that um, as much as I love old Kane's entrance theme, I love his um, Ruthless Aggression Era theme way more. Yeah. It was like He's had a couple chem- really good themes. It was like Slow Chemical or something like that. I can't remember the actual name. There goes Blonde Paul Bearer. It's gotta be Kane. And there he goes. They towed the line so close with that being hokey. Yeah. He came in, kicked ass, and left. That's it. That's the whole thing. And if he had done more, it probably would have been hokey. Cause yep. They towed the line. Yep. And dead and they, Earl they made, with a slow count. They made Kane look like a monster. Yep. Because he did one tombstone, and he got a slow three count out of it like 30 seconds later. Yep. They uh, they definitely, um, they definitely, what is it, uh, Triple H, Booker T, <laughs> Mania 18, that, that <laughs> one. Except, except Kane wasn't racist to yeah. take her beforehand. Yeah. Speaking of Triple H, here comes Doughy Triple H. Doughy Triple H could still beat the... Oh, yeah. Stuffing out of me. Oh, yeah. This is another Why thing I take... think it's cool. Huh? Oh, what were you saying? Go ahead. Um, My question is, why in between the start of the match and at this point, did... I don't think Triple H was wearing a shirt at the start of the match. Or I think he was wearing a shirt at the start of the match. Why did he take his shirt off between the start and end of this match? Sex with China. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. I, uh, don't, uh, wanna put, uh, my, uh, shirt, uh, back, uh, on, uh, China, uh. Yeah. If fucking Trips ever heard me do that, he'd kick the shit out of me so bad. Yeah, he would. <laughs> My other favorite thing to do with Triple H is whenever he's uh, doing his rant in the corner, like whenever he's doing anything, 
because like he'll get up in the corner and he'll start like jaw jacking to the crowd and he's just going well i think that's it for the match right there i'm i'm buffering what a match i'm buffering and this is all just video package so one thing i just thought of that i want to kind of mention that wwe loves to do is now they have these two big lads yeah. Right? They've got these two giants. Yep. We got two giants. You don't have one giant. We got two big you don't old have boys. Any giants. Yeah. It, it, giants, for me at least, only work if there's only one. Yeah. Because if there's two giants, it's not a special attraction. He's not different because he's a giant. Right. He's just another big lad. Well, and that's why the two giants got to face each other. Yeah, but, like, I get it. For this, this one, I'm not upset about. Yeah. I'm looking more at 2005 events where he had to hire yeah, everybody over fucking seven foot tall. Yeah, when they had like Nathan Jones and and Kali and, and Kali. They hired anybody, that, but he's always done it. Yeah. Uh, Giant Silva or not Giant Silva? Um, Giant Gonzalez. Giant Gonzalez. Yeah the the early to mid 2000s were definitely an era of. Um, Big giant men that barely knew how to work. Yeah. That could, that like had a little bit of mic work, but they couldn't do anything. Like, like the aforementioned uh, Nathan Jones and then like Luther Reigns and Tyson Tomko and uh, the guys in La Resistance. Although, admittedly, the one... Uh, Rene Dupree. Yeah, Rene Dupree went on to do his own shit. Yeah, and he could have been, like, if they would have booked him right, he could have been huge. Yeah. He was the youngest champion in WWE history up until um, uh, Tyler Bate won the UK title. Yeah. Yep. And I had no idea at the time that he was that young. No. Yeah. He was a good performer. Well, yep. I mean, I what i remember i would have right. been like 10 at the time so i really wasn't focused on right uh I, i'm sure if you go back work and, rate. and i'm sure if you go back and watch like the 05 rubble there's like 10 minimum 10 guys in that that are just big honking muscle men that are just lumbering around like heidenreich and oh i forgot Snitsky. about heidenreich yup just big dudes. It's all Vince cared about. Are you big? Yeah. Okay. Although from I what like... I from what I remember seeing, like Snitsky actually went on to have like not a super successful career, but he was still wrestling into like 2017, 2018 because he had a uh, really yeah he had a retirement match for a local indie pro promotion. Not for here. I just remember seeing it on Reddit that he um, huh. retired in like 2017, 2018, something like that. Still, if you're working for that long after you leave the dub, that's right. not bad. And he had a look to him, too. Dude was jacked. He had a big old beard. But like I said, you know, if you got one big old jack dude, or if you have two big old jack dudes, you don't have any big old jack dudes. Yeah, and then you have Heidenreich sex. Why'd you make me remember Heidenreich sex? <laughs> Poor Michael Cole. Poor Michael Cole. Poor Michael Cole. Yeah. Anyways, I want to get away from that so desperately. <laughs> uh, 
Let's move on. So, yep. you know what we forgot to do? What? At the beginning of the match, because I was excited to get into it. What? We never ran down the card. We didn't run down the card. So, I am going to bring that back up real quick. Okay. And we should run down the card. But yeah. I should tell you all first that this match was rated by Meltzer as five stars. Is was it going to get anything else? I mean... No. Especially for the time, it was the first ever Hell in a Cell. And not yeah. only was it the first, it was really, really good. Yep, it was a good one. So, I'm going to go against Melter on this one. I'm going to give it four and a half. Mainly because um, I feel like, the again, same thing with the um, uh, CM Punk-Jeff Hardy match. Like It was a good spectacle. There just wasn't a whole lot of work rate. And all the work... All the work rate in the match was mainly just Taker beating the piss out of Sean. And it was good to watch. It was fun to watch for that, but there wasn't like it wasn't a technical marvel like you would expect. Yeah. If I was in nineteen ninety seven, yeah. it would probably be five and a quarter, five and a half stars. Yeah, if I was in nineteen ninety seven it would definitely be a five star plus match. But nowadays yeah. you know, with what I've seen, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. I haven't really decided how I'm going to rate these. I'm going to rate these by modern perspective or by yeah. well, what I mean, it would have been then. We can, but... kind of, we can kind of look at these with the benefit of, you know, damn near 25 years of hindsight. Yeah, I would say like a four, four and a half, four and three yeah. quarter star match. Like still fantastic. Yeah. But I don't know if it's a five-star match. That being right. said, if Taker or Sean told me it was a five-star match, like, I would just shut up and shake my head and agree. You are correct, sir. Yep. I'm going to so leave the, now. <laughs> the first match on the card Ta Taker, was... Taker breaks into my room and is like, fuck you, that was a five-star match. I'm like, cool, thanks for <laughs> you. Get out of my house. Lightning bolt crashes yeah. through. Ah. Spoopy, ta spoopy Taker. Spoopy Taker. Uh, the the first match was a handicap match with Nation of Domination versus Legion of Doom. Um, uh, then, this was this was late Legion of Doom, so it was Hawk and his bad Hawk face. doing lots of drugs, yeah. Yep. And then we got a little person's match, which was oh, not announced, and yep. we'll get into why we had that match in a little bit. But uh, that was Tarantula oh, and yeah. Mosaic versus Max Mini and Mini Nova. Yep. And then we had the Godwins versus the Headbangers for the tag team titles. Yep. Headbangers were a a good gimmick for the time. For the time. Yeah. Um well didn't they didn't one of them like come back in twenty sixteen or something like that? They both came back. Oh yeah, that's right. As the headbangers. Yeah. And they, they only came back for like one or two matches and then they were gone. Yeah. Again. Right when SmackDown started and everybody yep. thought it was gonna be like a little bit of a run and then they yep. never did anything. Yep. And then after that match, there was three straight like promo segments. You had the mm -hmm. WWE Honor St. Louis Legends. Uh, Farouk addresses... Wait, did I miss one? Oh, the, I missed one. The first one was Owen Hart sends a message to Stone Cold. Yep. So you had Owen cutting a promo, and then they honor the St. Louis Legends, and then Farouk addresses Owen Hart and Stone Cold. Yep. Uh, as a part of what they've got going on. And then Farouk versus Owen Hart for the IC title. Um, and I guess interesting to bring up why uh, Hart and Stone Cold and Owen are all kind of in this with Farouk is this is right after Austin broke his neck. Well, wait, though. Um, didn't Sean carry out the IC title? 
Sean had the European strap. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So I I I, I was confused for a second. Yeah. No, you're good. And yep. then we have uh, Los Bariquas versus DOA, Disciples of Apocalypse, mm-hmm. which was their gang warfare initiative at the time. Yeah. Uh, Heart Foundation did cut a promo and then had a match with Patriot Invader. And then we got a promo right before our match, and we've seen everything from there on. Yep. So overall, it, it was a one-match card. Yep. Um, and there and, was a lot of tags. And the, uh, the thing that you left out is that um... – one of the Godwins wound up eventually becoming Midian, or Midian, who eventually wound up becoming Naked Midian. Yeah, I mean he he could have been Naked Midian on this. That's true. He could have gotten lucky. Not today though. Nope. Anyway, there were a lot of tags <laughs> on this show, and uh, the reason why uh, is a little bit sad. Uh, two of them were added last minute because of the death of Brian Pillman. Yep. And one of those was the little person's match. Because mm-hmm. uh, Pillman was supposed to face Dude Love in a singles match. Yep. And if they would have had that on this card, I think it would have been a more positively received card because it would have had a much better balance between singles and tags. But I think the only singles on the whole night was... Well, the, they had... The main uh, event. Well, they had the main event, and then there was the uh, IC title match. Oh, the IC title match. Yep, there were only two. But then if you have yep. three, you know, that evens you out because you would take away the Max Mini match. And so, yep. but well, in there's the, um, literally nothing they could do about that. Right. The The other fucked up thing about um, Brian Pillman dying was that I believe on Raw, either the next night or the next week, um, Vince did an interview with Brian Pillman's widow, like trying <sighs> trying to talk to her. And that is not enough time to give for something like that. Um, that was super apt. Yeah. Um, that's almost as fucked as um, when Eddie died. They were selling R.I.P. Eddie shirts. That was super fucked. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. I thought about that the today. Only way, the only way that's not an absolute atrocity is if 100% of the proceeds from those shirts went to Eddie's family. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that happened or not. When I was a kid, I had one of those shirts. And then I didn't think about that until today, how fucked up that shirt is. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, the only thing I really want to hit leading up to this, or, or right now, is the lead <laughs> up to the screw job. Yep. Excuse me. Uh, that is the next pay-per-view. Mm-hmm in the WWE calendar at this point, And I, I don't have really much to say other than yeah, the I... main event booking at this time was so much better. Cause you're talking about all these things that are weaving together. You have Sean's going for the title with uh, Brett, but so is taker and Sean yep. screws taker. And that's what leads to this match, which leads to that match. And there's so much cohesion in the main yep. event at this time with everything blending together that they just don't have anymore. Yep. I mean, I I don't like all the DQ finishes around this time. Yeah, there's a lot of disqualifications. There's so many. But you can do, I believe anyways, a product that has interference from the outside. Maybe Shawn Michaels screws somebody but then there's a definitive winner at the end. I don't think that's an impossible task. Right. But, I mean, 
that aside, me not liking you no know, or DQs aside, the booking was amazing. Yeah, and the booking was really good around this time, and obviously the product shows. Now my and question, my question is, is there anything else on the Survivor Series '97 card that's actually worth noting, other than the screw job? Because I don't know what else is on that card. That's in. Not something that we can talk about next time, but it's just, you know, the the Survivor Series '97 is always known as the Montreal Screw Job, like that's what it's known for. But I don't know of any other matches on that card. You're right. Yeah, that's huh. one of the that's one of those shows that was heavily eclipsed by one event. That happens on the show. Same thing with this show. Uh, like, the only the only other thing that happened in relation to this show is the Brian Pillman death. Yeah. People don't even talk about Vince's last pay-per-view, and I think that's not a minor thing. Yeah. Vince was on the headset for a long time. Yeah. Well, and, like, the the reasoning behind it all has to do with the fact that, you know, the screw job happened next pay-per-view, and after that is the birth of the Mr. McMahon character. Yep. So there, mm-hmm. was, there would have been no reason for him to be on commentary after that. It makes sense story-wise. Oh no! I get why they moved him off. I'm just yeah. saying nobody really like nobody talks. Nobody talks about it. Yeah, nobody talks about it because like it, it's just a, a forgotten thing about this time. Yeah. But I'm. I think what made this time not just the storylines that was a big part of it. Don't get me wrong. I think a big period the uh, thing that made this period in time so interesting to watch is that there were two major companies. Yep. And they could trade back and forth guys. And, oh, well, they signed our mid-level guy, mm-hmm. our mid-level champ, so we've got to sign somebody to take his place back from them, either yep. from the Indies or from somebody else. And I'm really looking forward to, like, three years from now when these AEW contracts start to run out and guys start going over WWE and, by, and then AEW yep. now has an open spot that they got to fill. So they well, bring somebody in from WWE or from somewhere else. It's going to be so much fun. Well, I mean, apparently um, there've been like virtually the the stories that virtually everybody on the WWE roster has contacted AEW, with the exception of Roman Reigns. Yeah. Who I get. I mean, there's no reason for him to leave Vince. Well, I mean, he's Vince. not on TV now. I, I there, there's no reason for him to leave. He's Vince's golden boy. Yeah, and Vince has never done anything but book him really well. Yeah. Well, I don't want okay. to say that he's not book been booked him to win a lot. He's not been booked well. He's been booked strong, but yeah, he's been booked to win a lot. There is the capability of him being booked well, and him being booked well, like he can be booked well because he is like he is actually good on the mic, and he can put on a compelling match. The big issue is that he was pushed as the next Cena. And he wasn't given a chance to actually do shit on his own. Also, they make him say things like suckering, su- suffering, suffering, suck a dash. Yeah. <gasps> no. Things people say. Right. So. Right. So what's well, our next think, match? Well, the next match was pre-announced. We've got uh, part oh, three yes. of Party yep. Punk. Um, and then we'll go ahead and announce because I kind of. Blew it last Thursday. I announced both <laughs> when I should have saved one. But 
Uh, no announcement today, but we'll get the uh, CM Punk versus Jeff Hardy steel cage match. Uh, loser leaves town Part on Thursday. Part twelve. Uh, do you have anything to add, Will? Uh, no. Just everybody out there, keep supporting us the way you're supporting us. Keep giving them subscribes. Keep giving them likes. We always love to see them. Yep. We have a Facebook, Twitter. Uh, um, Hayden. Hayden's upset that we got no announcement today. I'm sorry, Hayden. Yeah. The only uh, I'll give you an announcement. Um, Hayden is officially the number one fan watching this stream. Yep. Always here. Good to see you. I do. He is always here, and I really do appreciate it. Yep. Um, the only, the only real, like, this, it's not even an announcement, it's just reiterating that, like, um, if you haven't already, check us out on YouTube, um, Baldy and the Beast on YouTube, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, um, everywhere that we're available, we have all the links in the down below, um, we're also available on Audio Podcast, we actually added, um, Radio Public to our list of, um, available podcasts. Or available audio only streams so uh yeah just check us out wherever you can um if you could if you know anybody that's a big wrestling fan spread us around we love to see more people in the chat we love to see more people following just need to we just want to see more people we would love to make this our full-time jobs <laughs> yep it, it would literally be a dream yep It'll so, happen one day. We just got to keep pushing, bud. Yup. Ah, I actually do. I lied. I have an announcement. Oh. I, an actual real announcement. Okay. Go for it. There will be no game stream this Sunday because we'll be streaming our reactions to the pay-per-view. Yes. Um, That'll be the same for the next week as well because WWE doesn't like us to have nice things. Correct. And they're having two pay-per-views two weeks in a row. Um, do, you want, do you want to stream... Um, Takeover Saturday. It's up to you. We'll I'm... announce it on Thursday. Okay, because I I'm free, but it's up to you. I mean, if we're gonna stream Friday or if we're gonna stream Sunday and we're gonna stream the following Sunday, it's up to you. We can talk so, about it. We'll talk about it. All right. Well, that's been it for Body and the Beast today. Like we said earlier, we appreciate each and every single one of you, and you all have a great rest of your day. Bye.